0: I think that, you know, AI really, like a lot of new technologies, really creates both challenges and opportunities if you think about it, right? We're looking at a lot of the necessary policies, the guidance, the governance, the training, all at the same time while building that workforce so that we can really ensure that we have the capacity to support these changes within the uh, organization.
1: Today, on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group. How the VA is looking to AI to improve health care for veterans. And the VA's efforts to be responsible in its use of artificial intelligence. It's Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast, where you'll hear the latest news and trends facing government leaders. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Billy Mitchell. Here's what's happening now. A mainstay in the federal cybersecurity community is set to retire. Rob Joyce, director of cybersecurity at the NSA, is retiring at the end of March after 34 years at the spy agency. His vacancy leaves the federal government without one of its most experienced cybersecurity experts, going into a critical election year and amid warnings that China is carrying out unprecedented cyber operations against U.S. critical infrastructure. David Luber Deputy Director for the Cybersecurity Director NSA and a 36 year NSA veteran will take over for Joyce. In recent years, Joyce has established himself as an unusually public facing official at the historically secretive NSA. In his current role, Joyce has pushed the spy agency once known as no such agency to improve intelligence sharing on cyber threats and better collaborate with critical infrastructure providers and industry. At a CyberScoop event in 2022 held in Washington, Joyce spoke about the need for the NSA to shift away from its historical secrecy and instead make available the insights about what the NSA knows without putting at risk how it knows it. Joyce said in a statement that he is, quote, honored to have served for over 34 years at the National Security Agency and that it has been a privilege to lead the nation's most talented and dedicated team of cybersecurity professionals. In other news House Speaker Mike Johnson and Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries are launching a new bipartisan task force on artificial intelligence, unveiling the 24 members who will serve on the group in an announcement this week. Representatives Jay Obernolte and Ted Lieu will lead the task force in exploring how Congress can continue leading the world in AI innovation, while simultaneously considering how to employ appropriate guardrails to protect the nation against threats. The task force is responsible for producing a comprehensive report that addresses guiding principles, forward-looking recommendations, and bipartisan policy developed in consultation with committees of jurisdiction. You can read more about these stories and much more at fedscoop.com. For several years now, the Department of Veterans Affairs has been exploring how AI can lead to better outcomes for the veterans it serves. The National AI Institute within the VA has been an essential part of that, most recently leading tech sprints in conjunction with last year's AI executive order aiming to reduce healthcare worker burnout. Joining me to discuss that and much more is Dr. Gil Alterovitz, the director of VA's National AI Institute and chief AI officer for the Veterans Health Administration. Alterovitz was also previously the first chief AI officer for the larger Department of Veterans Affairs. Dr. Altarevitz, thanks so much for joining us on the Daily Scoop podcast. Thanks for uh, being here with us today. Well, thanks for
0: having me. It's great to, to be here.
1: Well, I'm really looking forward to uh, taking the opportunity to speak to you about your, your, your longstanding role within the VA uh, as, as one of the chiefs of AI. And uh, I would love to start with just to, to help our listeners get a grasp of the large enterprise uh, a- approach for VA and how it is approaching the adoption of AI. Um, I know you are the Chief Artificial Intelligence Officer of the VHA, uh, also the Director of the VA's National Artificial Intelligence Institute. So let's start there, that's but one part of many within the the VA and how it's approaching AI. There's also the larger role that oversees uh, VA AI. So how do those roles interoperate and how is the NAII um, sort of leading the charge to adopt AI for the VA.
0: Yeah, so as, as you mentioned, right, the the VA's really uh, been a pioneer uh, in uh, advancing uh, trustworthy ar- artificial intelligence in really a number of different areas over the years, whether it be the first electronic medical record or early investments in telehealth and 3D printing, other areas. Um, and you know, in the recent uh, executive order that came out, as well as uh, the past one, uh, the AI Bill of Rights, and others, uh, you know, the National Artificial Intelligence Institute, and others, you know, at the VA, we've been uh, involved in in helping uh, shape uh, different forms of that, and and moving things forward. And so, uh, what we have seen is really this uh, immense growth of AI use cases, right? If you look at the Veterans Health Administration, it's the largest integrated uh, healthcare system in the United States. Um, And for the VA, it has over uh, 85% of the use cases actually, right? Um, And then at the same time, there have been other areas that have grown, other parts of the VA that I've also worked on and been developing in AI. And, you know, we're going from those early stage use cases and and, and working towards scaling. And so, um, you know, it's really been uh, great to, you know, in terms of uh, growing that, you know, and serving as the the first uh, VA's uh, chief AI officer. And now there's a time to, to grow and a time to work together across different offices, right? And so uh, we've been working together Across the department to you know to collaboratively to collaboratively do that as a, an, an enterprise, including working with other parts of the administration, uh, other administrations right within uh, the, the the VA, um, and uh, you know some of you may not or you may not know but um, at the VHA it's an administration right uh, it's probably uh, the largest such one where we work together with uh, other partners, such as uh, information technology, which works across administrations, right? Uh, And uh, so VHA, rather than having its own IT department, it works together with this other IT entity that works across those other administrations, right? And so uh, that way we can uh, divide and conquer these different approaches, right? Here, focusing on those health aspects and working together with IT on developing uh, those aspects to make sure that things that are developed work across administrations, that they, you know, we can do all of the counting of all the different pieces uh, within um, this as things grow, right? No one person or really one part of the organization can do it all. Um, So it's really great to be able to go in and, and focus on this. And one of the things that's really interesting in uh, health uh, that we've seen is is essentially almost like a it's it's almost like a different aspect that we really need to take into account, right? Which is that it's sometimes it's we find it's hard to translate research into the field, right, into hospitals. That's something unique you don't see in some other areas uh, due to regulations and different policies and and making sure you have to deal with patient safety and so forth. At the same time, you know, there are a lot of company tools out there and and so forth that have, haven't really been researched for VA health systems specifically. Right. And so um, we've been working on addressing those items and are ready now to further develop that. Right. So, for example, um, you know, the AI network that we have at the National AI Institute, it really is to facilitate the former. Like, how do you take build that research R&D capacity and take it to the field, translate it so that it helps the veterans? And then our AI tech sprints really help in the latter, right? How do we ensure that solutions that come from outside, you know, from companies and others, how do we make sure they're backed by science, by research, right? Uh, So that we can that way, we can ensure that uh, we're uh, enabling safe and trustworthy Approaches for uh, our veterans, right, um, and so that those deployed tools uh, have been looked at really carefully, right, and so um, you know those are some of the issues uh, and some of the ways that we've been approaching this and uh, continuing to develop uh, and make sure that our trustworthy AI framework now is leveraged across the department. Uh, you know, we developed it um, for um, ensuring that. Um, uh, we are following the different executive orders, such as the one that was uh, recently released, as well as others, and in doing so became the first department to include the very latest of, uh, of on Trustworthy AI. And so this really allows us to put together all those um, uh, pieces in a way that will benefit all, all veterans.
1: So just to clarify for the listeners again, there um, you have this role focused on health A, AI for health, and it seems like you're working hand in hand with this Office of Information Technology on some of the AI efforts that that's undertaking at the same time.
0: That's right. That's right. So we've always been working together with uh, across offices, but I, I think this is um, uh, you know the, this approach uh, is something that uh, helps uh, bring us together. Um, and to uh, learn from each other and, and work a- across a number of collaborative
1: projects. That's great to hear. I want to touch on the National Artificial Intelligence Institute because that's been stood up for quite a while now. So uh, I wanted to uh, first kind of look into some of the capacity that that's established since its founding and some of the sort of milestone that's, milestones that it's seen, but also um, you know, in a post AI executive order and OMB draft guidance world, how have those things sort of impacted the mission and the way that that office operates, if at all?
0: Yeah, no, I, I you know, as I mentioned before, really, we've uh, played a very proactive uh, role in, de- in development and implementation. You, you may have seen uh, the fact sheets that uh, came out included and listed um, a number of different um, VA items that uh, help pioneer in the space, whether it is uh, the AI working group that we developed as part of the Data Governance Council, whether it be those uh, AI uh, institutional review boards that are around to promote trust with the AI, the AI network. I mean, a number of different aspects. And so uh, I think one of the things that's... Uh, that this new approach allows is uh, developing and scaling, right? One thing that the National Artificial Intelligence Institute, we've really focused on developing, uh, pushing that envelope, developing new approaches, right? Developing that trustworthy AI framework, bringing people together to do all those things, uh, developing uh, how we capture different parts uh, of the inventory and evaluate for consistency of the AI. Once those things are developed, Um, it's really then an uh, an opportunity to scale and leverage that across the organization, right? And that's where I think some of the new pieces that you were talking about with our collaborative partners um, really focus on, right? So then then we can continue and are going to work on now developing other new things that are really needed in the health area as this area is really growing very rapidly uh, with uh, with, uh, new developments that we see and new, um, regulations that allow for, uh, some of these developments as we, uh, as we, uh, enable trust with AI so that we can actually deploy them in a way that, uh, we believe can be helpful and, and, um, and minimize risk at the same time.
1: And, you know, while we're on the topic of the, the. National Artificial Intelligence Institute, one of its you know, key initiatives or one of the, the big things we've seen out of it recently are those VA AI tech sprints. And you mentioned them at the top of the conversation, but I'd love to hear you know, some of the progress made there and if there's any latest developments you could share. Yeah, well, the AI tech sprint,
0: very exciting. I, I know you've uh, been following this uh, over the years and uh, we are really excited to see uh, the AI tech sprint featured in uh, the executive order it's 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 a, it's a one item um one of the uh, it's an it's the uh unique item for the VA specifically as an action to do um in the executive order um, it, of course there're many things that other agencies were doing with other agencies and so forth but this one is uniquely allocated to the VA um and uh we're we've been executing it now so we have a couple of different tracks um and they both focus on um, essentially uh, work, health worker, healthcare worker burnout, um, which has been uh, actually termed a, a crisis by the CDC that threatens the entire industry. Um, and so uh, what we've really tried to do is take a multi-pronged approach. Uh, there are two tracks to this, one of which is really uh, focusing on how do you uh, enable uh, conversations and um, between that engagement between the patient and the provider to be uh, captured in a way that is uh, efficient uh, and that correctly and accurately uh, puts together the information that is being collected during a visit. Uh, In that way, we can ensure that uh, we have the right information uh, and leverage that for, uh, you know, the uh, the, uh, physicians can uh, leverage that uh, for further care. And then the other one really addresses uh, when uh veterans go and seek external care and they come back to the VA that information is is can be uh come back as a fax or as an image and not as kind of the type of ai ready data that we might have when we see a patient within the VA and so the second approach the second track is really about how do you bring in that information so that it's uh, ai ready um and the good thing is that Great thing is since we've uh, launched this, we've gotten over uh, 200 applications and we're going through different gates now through this uh, process to evaluate the different applications uh, around uh, those trustworthy AI principles, around different feasibility, technical metrics, and uh, and quality metrics. And as we then go through the gates, uh, like in other tech prints eventually uh, we'll winnow down the field and we'll have uh, winners that we'll be announcing uh, within uh, the next uh, quarter,
1: that's great to hear. It sounds like great progress, and it's pretty cool to get a shout out in the executive order. Um, I'm wondering, you know, outside of the tech sprints, those are you know some hallmark initiatives. But is there anything else that you want to highlight that the National AI Institute is focused on? One of the biggest um, pieces of work that it's ha- got going on today, or something important that doesn't fall under that that broader tech sprint um, uh, hmm.
0: area. Right, right. Well, there are a number of exciting projects that are going on. And, uh, you know, one uh, just uh, probably we could could have someone send you the link. But on uh, Friday, we uh, released uh, that the VHA is uh, is aligning with these voluntary commitments um, that uh, were uh, produced and uh, that a number of different uh, uh, private provider and payer organizations have signed up for. And that was announced by the White House. Uh, and HHS, and so in doing so, we we became the uh, we uh, the we became the first uh, government health organization to uh, align with those uh, trustworthy AI uh, initiatives and um, and commitments, voluntary commitments. So that was released on Friday, and uh, we're we're eager to work with our collaborative partners on that as well, um, and uh, the other. Uh, you know there've been a number of different um areas overall at, you know in that where we've started to see ai in actual clinical care right whether it be um this uh whether it be around uh cancer so for example uh looking at um at, uh, colorectal polyps and you're, you you can actually look uh at uh the um uh, at the colon and actually have the AI suggests where there may be these polyps uh, that uh, may be investigated. And so that's actually being used, right, in clinical care. Um, Another one, homegrown uh, application that was developed over in uh, VHA, the Veterans Health Administration, is REACHVET, uh, which is uh, really about recovery, engagement, and coordination of health. So looking at uh, suicide prevention, making predictions, and then reaching out to potentially um, uh, vulnerable individuals Uh, Over at the National AI Institute, we've got the Aspire program, the All Services Personal and Institutional Readiness Engine that we've been collaborating with um, six different um, agencies across across government as well to essentially leverage AI to enable uh, people to uh, learn uh, new skills so that they can uh, move toward a direction where they can uh, perform different types of uh, tasks associated with um, working with artificial intelligence, and that's a pilot that we've been working on at uh, first initially working in and seeing how we can help people in the research and development field, but um, working with these other agencies across a number of areas there, and that's toward uh, workforce development, which is one of the themes that we also see uh, in the executive order
1: as well. All very cool work. So uh, con- congratulations on that. And it sounds like uh, some great progress being made there. <clears throat> you know, I'm curious uh the-, the role of the chief AI officer is so new in government and um, there's still not very many out there. So I'm curious how you convene and collaborate with others across the federal government in this small community, but growing community right well there is a chief ai officers uh, council that's uh, part of the
0: executive order that um in in uh, that the the two delegates that is uh, the the va chief ai officer and myself the VHA chief ai officer we attend that um and then um also uh there are different uh, responsible ai officials um you know across different organizations at different levels that have Um, been collaborating and interacting to learn from each other, how to best implement um, and really share with the community some of those best practices. So there are a lot of uh, uh, different uh, ways that we can learn from each other, whether it be through some of these official council convenings to, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, talking to our colleagues really across different uh, agencies and it, uh, across different departments and also learning from those outside of government, right? Um, through different conferences, different um, uh, medias, me- mediums sorry, um, to, to uh, learn the best practices out there and to really make sure that uh, we enable that uh, here for, for our mission, you know, which in our case is, you know, the veterans.
1: Yeah. And I would imagine, you you know, it, it's no doubt AI is a challenging subject and there's a lot of challenges that I'm sure you encounter yourself, but also uh, hear about from others. And I'm curious, you know, as you sit in your role, what would be the biggest challenge facing AI adoption, whether that's a, looking at AI adoption broadly uh, across, you know, the global landscape or the, the larger federal government even, or, you know, if you want to get more specific within your department, uh, whether, you know, that, that focuses on the larger VA or even just the VA health administration.
0: Right, right. Uh, I think that you know AI really, like uh, a lot of new technologies, really creates uh, both challenges and opportunities if you think about it, right? Um, so we're looking at a lot of the necessary policies, the guidance, the governance, the training, um, all at the same time while building that workforce so that we can really ensure that we have the capacity to support these changes within the uh, organization. Uh, you know, we talked about some of those, whether it be uh, AI tech sprints and, you know, the AI network looking internally. Um, and at the same time, as you said, you know, there are things that are different, right? Uh, there are different types of rules for companies to work with government than when they're working with other companies or with the consumer, right? And so. That at some times can be um, something that, you know, we want to share and communicate and uh, around challenges like that so that um the industry is able to work with us uh, quickly and effectively around uh, any challenges around uh, working with different uh, government approaches as opposed to what they may be uh, used to and of course in an area that we've been taking a proactive approach right is around uh, trustworthy ai this is not unique to the va or to any particular agency in fact it's something we see uh, everywhere but um, I think especially that one is in, We see it being uh, cited important in health systems. I think that's why those voluntary commitments that came out that was signed by the White House by HHS that we aligned with as well. They were all related to providers and payers, right? Because we're entrusting. Um, or the, sorry, the veterans are entrusting their care, uh, you know, with us, right? And so making sure that we're transparent um, in having plain language explanations. We've got a pilot right around uh, model cards to explain some of these models, uh, whether it be around um, actually helping people understand how the AI is being used uh, and, and ensuring that we uh, share uh, how these uh, use, what use cases we have right in our inventory and so forth. Um, these are all aspects that uh, we're making sure uh, to proactively take into account um, and so it's, it's both a challenge as well as a benefit in some ways that uh, we're rising up to that and, and uh, taking on and learning from others at
1: the same time. Well, Dr. Dr. Altarvitz, you know, we're, we're coming up on time here, but I'd love to finish by uh, hearing an outlook for the year and what you think people can expect for AI at the VA and across the government uh, as we continue into 2024.
0: Yeah, no, I think there's, um, you know, I think last year, right, if you asked the same question last year, uh, it, it was a very different time period, right, um, kind of Very early, many people had not heard about some of the uh, large language models at that time or were not aware of their full capabilities. Uh, Now we are aware of them. Uh, There are now things coming online related to multimodal piece of information, right? So not only text, but combined, you know, text, uh, images, video, sound. All of those are things that um, that we see uh, in in our medical records, in, in other records, right? Um, whether it be sounds uh, from uh, the heart, uh, whether it be uh, images that came from uh, from CT scan, you know, CT scans or X rays and uh, MRIs, and all of these different images, uh, whether it be text in the notes that um, are not structured, that now we can analyze and, and uh, work through, and so. I think that's what we're going to see in, co- in the coming year: is how do you uh, combine and leverage these different modalities uh, that come about um, from different uh, from different parts uh, of the of the system, right? Because uh, some devices are going to give you the images, other ones are going to give you sounds, some a combination. Uh, how do you work through all of that? Uh, you know, and there may be conflicting information, right, as well. And there there's longitudinal information across time. And so it's a really becomes a multi-dimensional uh, problem that has to be worked through. And I think that that's where some of the innovative approaches that, uh, you know, at the National Artificial Intelligence Institute, at, at the VA, we, we really uh, strive to uh ensure that we're gonna uh, look look ahead in these areas to make sure that uh, we can really provide the best care that we can uh, to our veterans
1: sounds like a challenging problem but a fascinating one um and you know i wish you the best of luck on that journey and really uh can't wait to see some of the results so please keep us posted but uh until then dr Alterovitz, thanks so much for the time today it's uh, been a great pleasure catching up with you and hopefully we can do it again in the future Great. Thanks for having me and great to be with you as always. You can learn more about AI adoption at the VA at thedailyscooppodcast.com. The Daily Scoop podcast is available on all podcast platforms. If you've already rated the podcast on your platform of choice, thanks so much. High ratings and good reviews of the show help more people to find it. The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. Adam Butler and Carlin Fisher help put the show together and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. We'll be back next week with brand new episodes. Until then, I'm your host, Billy Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening.